Milliken's head basketball coach is all in on the court and all in on our faith. This is Dive Deep. Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. This is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, and we're coming to you today from Milliken University in Decatur. We're so happy to be joined by the head basketball coach, Kramer Soderberg. Kramer, thank you so much for coming on Dive Deep. Oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Always great to talk about my faith. And thanks for letting us in uh, in your home here. That's right. <laughs> this is my place of business. Better than an office. Yeah, we love it. Now we're here uh, in the Soy City talking to Coach Kramer about several things. First, he has a new, a new book out, Fill Your Cup for Christ. We're going to talk about that. But also how uh, your love for our faith how do you how do you lean on that both on the court and in our world? But first things first, Kramer. Let's first talk about how you ended up here in Milliken because you come from a coaching family. You moved quite a bit growing up. Mm -hmm. So take us back. You know, I know that's it's a long resume, but how you end up here in Decatur? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coaches' kids are like military brats, so you know we're all over the place. But no, I've uh, been all over the place in my life. Uh, lived in Dubuque, South Dakota, um, up in Wisconsin, and then moved down to St. Louis and spent my most of my time in St. Louis. My dad was the head coach at St. Louis University for six years. I went to high school down there. Um, and then out of high school, I played at Miami of Ohio um, University for two years. And then I transferred back home and played for my dad, who then became the head coach at Lindenwood University in St. Charles, Missouri. Um, and then after playing for my dad, I coached under him as his assistant coach for three years at Lindenwood and then he ended up getting the job at the University of Virginia, an assistant job there. And when he went there, I was out of the job. <laughs> so I had to find my way and um, God brought me here to Milliken about uh, six years ago um, in 2015 and I've been here as an assistant coach ever since and just got hired as the head coach in, uh, in April and it's, it's been a great joy. Great now, joy. Now that's of course your resume <laughs> speak. Now let's talk about your faith resume because mm -hmm. growing up, you grew up in a Catholic family but in your teenage years, much like, unfortunately, a lot of teenagers sure. right now, you, you fell away from the faith. Take us back to that time yeah. and, and what exactly happened. Yeah, so, yeah, cradle Catholic and just like, just like most young Catholic kids, didn't know why I'm going to church, didn't really want to. Mom and dad made me do it, so I did it. Um, and then, again, like most kids, when they go off to college and don't have mom and dad pulling their arm to get them to Mass, uh, they fall away and that's what happened to me you know I fell away from my faith a little bit um, and kind of didn't know the importance of that in my life um, earlier on in my years and it was unfortunate you know just like most but God's grace was able to pull me back in and, and of course with the help of family and um, all that I was able to come home um, but yeah, those those younger years, like most, was was times of confusion and being lost and doing the wrong thing. And um, again, God's grace is sufficient. What was there a moment or a person, or do you remember what ultimately made a switch for you that says, you know what, I am lost. I, I need I need to come back to our faith. Sure. Yeah, I think a few things. I, I mean, obviously, once you kind of get to that out of that college years age, and you're now getting a job and getting married, having a family, the real world starts to open up for you a little bit and you start to say, okay, maybe I need to figure some things out. Um, but especially for me, um, when, I, when I got to a place where I started to reinvestigate my faith life, I had a lot of interest in other faiths, you know, of, you know, why does the Catholic Church this? I do this. I like, you know, the, the big bands and the smoke and the lights. That seems a lot cooler to me. Maybe I should go that route. So I started to investigate other faiths just because they 
they maybe intrigued me a little bit more. And I would always hammer my dad with, you know, your typical Catholic questions of, you know, why, why do we have to go to Mass every Sunday? Why do I have to go to confession? Why can't I just... And um, my dad, in his, in his great simplicity, um, would always say, Kramer, I don't know the answers to all your questions, but what I do know is that um, Christ told Peter that you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Whatever you bound on earth shall be bound on heaven, so on and so forth. And he said, I don't know the answers to every one of your questions, but what I do know is Christ founded the Catholic Church on Peter, and there's been a continual succession of popes since Peter until now. And he said, even though I can't answer the questions, the Catholic Church will be my church now and forever. And that answer bugged me so much because I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna settle in my decision of what faith to be in on one verse. And um, then I started to kind of investigate it. And like most people that you read books, people who start investigating the pr church to prove it wrong, often prove themselves wrong um, or always prove themselves wrong and that's what I did. I set off to try to prove my dad wrong in the stance of his Catholic faith and I ended up proving myself wrong and then falling just deeply head over heels in love with the church. And speaking of that love for our church, you've now written a book sure. that I know our faith life has inspired you. It's called Fill Your Cup for Christ. Yeah. So why did you write the book? What's the message? Well, why did I write the book? I, I have no idea. I am not an author. I am <laughs> Holy Spirit. Uh, we'll, just, we'll say Holy Spirit. I was going to say one, right? I had I had a, a <laughs> knock on my heart several times that kind of called me to write this book. I, I had no idea when I first you know I was like, how in the world am I going to do this? I I got C pluses and you know in English <laughs> class I can't write a book. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just a knock by God to tell me to write it. He gave me, at least I feel like he gave me the title. He gave me the title. I knew the title before I did anything else. I knew the title was supposed to be Fill Your Cup for Christ. And after that, I had no clue. But I just started writing. I just started opening my laptop and I just started writing. And I went and this was bus rides to and from games. And I just would write and I write. And about four months later, a book was out and it was huh. done. Wow. Um, why did I write the book? What is it for? Um, it, it is somewhat of a personal biography a little bit about my journey but but not that much it's more about inspiring and motivating the reader to attack their faith life with great passion just like all of us attack our the rest of our lives our our you know professions our hopefully our family lives um, from an athletic perspective the way I attack um, coaching and the way I attack things as a basketball player we should all be attacking our faith that way with passion and intensity and trying to become the best we can be in our faith life and so many of us I feel like don't get the most out of our faith potential and um, I think that's the problem with a lot of us is that we we settle for mediocrity in our faith lives while we're pursuing greatness in all other aspects of our life and that is so backwards and that's how I did when I was younger and what I what I hear from you I hear a lot of even coach coach speak in your answer right sure. there it's this it would be correct to say this book is almost a motivation uh, you know if you're down in your faith life you're kind of just lukewarm sure. on it read this book because this is like a pep talk it, it gets you going it gets you fired up oh yeah they're they're de my coaching side <laughs> of me surely comes out throughout the book and and i wanted it to be that way i wanted it to be sim simply written and a simple mind can only write simply <laughs> you know I, I it's not a high level theology book i think anyone from you know younger age groups all the way to you know older age can read it and enjoy 
enjoy it, short chapters, quick reads, but yes, the motivational side of my coaching really comes out and, and I try to ignite that fire back in, in, in people who, who need it and, and even those who have been in the faith long and been devout, I think it never hurts to have a little bit of a spark, a little bit of energy given by somebody else and that's what I try to do with the book. And in your book you write, this is a story of a very ordinary life in which Jesus quietly and continually called my name. Mm -hmm. Now you're around teenagers, you're recruiting them, you coach them. Um, what do you see in our culture right now? Because I think a lot of teenagers are dismissing that call from Christ. Um, what do you make of, of that situation and, and how do you think it, it molds so well with what you do as a profession, but also this book and how you're trying to really you know, teach our young people that no, you're gonna hear this call, you're gonna hear your conscience telling you sure. something and you need to go with Christ, not the ways of the world. Sure, sure, yeah, and I think um, the, the challenging thing right now for me and what I see and, and the thing that is makes me fearful for my own kids is the the world is is training us in the direction opposite of Christ and I see that of course you know living on a college not living on a college campus but being on a college campus so often you see that that everything that kids are receiving right now whether it's through music or their iPhones or whatever it may be is pulling them away from truth it's pulling them towards lies and that's the challenge that that I face as a basketball coach and that all of our kids you know they face in their lives is that everything they see is away from from the Lord um, and that's why what we hold as motivators and as influencers of our children we hold a great responsibility to try to pull them in the opposite direction and my hope is that kids start to see that that like no the, the ways of the world are not right the ways of the world although they offer you kind of instant gratification and in, in the you know the plushes of the world they're not the way that we should be going and that's my hope but it's it's very apparent to see you know on a college campus and you know watching the media that that it, it's trying to take us in the wrong direction. We have to hold firm in what we believe and try to walk on that narrow path that Christ calls us to. And you touched on it a little bit right there. How do you inter, intertwine our faith and your coaching? Is mm. it? I know it's it's a balance. You don't want to get too, you know, I'll say all holy with your words in the locker room. Sure. But there's there's still a sense of you got to you're carrying our faith with with your players. Yeah, absolutely. I try to incorporate my my whole life. I want to be centered around Christ. So everything that I do, whether it be you know doing the dishes. Uh, you know, or coaching or being with my kids. I want it to be centered and, and, and inspired by Christ, to glorify Christ in all that I do. Um, from a perspective of my, my job, um, obviously Millican isn't necessarily a Catholic institution or even a, a you know, a Christian institution. Um, but what I try to do is show my love of Christ and my way of living through my actions first. I want when my players see me walk in the gym to say, why is he always so happy? You know, why does he have this air about him? When his kids come in the gym for practice, why does he love his children this certain different way? And I think by first portraying my faith through my actions, it allows the kids to start thinking, okay, he's different and that intrigues me. I wanna be 
different like that. And then I think just by living that way, it opens up the opportunities for kids, you know, who maybe are having a difficult time or struggling or having a, a roadblock in their life or, you know, a fork in the road, that they're open and ready to come into my office and say, coach, I'm struggling with this, that, or the other. And then in those individual scenarios, that's when the opportunity prevent, presents itself for me to share my faith and hopefully draw them closer to Christ. So. Excellent. Now you and your wife, parishioners at Holy Family in Decatur, mm -hmm. uh, three children. Um, you're a very busy dad, but advice for advice for, for parents. You know, I have four kids, and you already talked about the, the difficulties that our kids are going to be facing dealing with a, a secular culture and a, a culture that yeah. is not filling their cup for Christ. Put sure. it that way. What advice do you have for parents who are on the front lines, who are battling these this the secularism? What should we be telling our parents? Is it a simple or our children? Is it as simple as you know, live that that faith boldly, like like you talk about? Yeah, I. In, I've had many opportunities to, you know, speak to different, you know, people over the over the years, and I always get this question from parents. So, you know, I have a, uh, you know, a child, or my grandkid is far from the faith. What what should I do? What should I do? And it's hard for me to answer that. But what I will say is similar to what I just said: is the example that we set is so, so important because as we all know, you know, we'll say some things to our kids, we'll say words to our kids and it'll go one ear out the other. And mm -hmm. I'm already seeing this with my seven-year-old and five-year-old. They don't listen to 80% of the things I say. But, but what they do do is watch everything I do. Everything I do, they are watching. And it, it, I remember that for myself as well. I, I don't remember a lot of things that my mom and dad told me when I was young, but what I do remember is my dad went to daily mass and he went to adoration all the time and my mom prayed the rosary. And although that didn't reap fruit early on in my life, later in my life, you begin to think, why did dad do that? Why did mom always do that? And those seeds planted through example by our parents, those will reap fruit by the grace of God, through our prayers and by His grace. And I think setting those example early on for our kids, where they see us reading the Bible, where they see us praying the rosary, they see us going to daily mass, and we always take them to mass with us. I think those examples are planting seeds for our children for later on. And then we just gotta trust God's timing through our prayers, fasting, mortifications, that, that His grace is gonna let those flowers bloom at some point in our life. And what also struck me about your story is I remember Bishop Barron uh, a couple years ago at the USCCB mentioned one thing parents can also be doing, maybe more of the teenagers, is talk to your kids about the faith and ask those deep questions. Because mm. it's funny, you talk to your dad, well, why do you go to confession? Why do we do this? Yes. Those are deep you know, questions. And even though your, you know, your dad admits, I maybe didn't have the answers for him, that, that shows you were searching for something, sure. this deep conversation, this yes. deep connection. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a big thing that um, Bishop Barron often talks about is, yes, our faith is, you know, there's an importance of feelings and, you know, um, how you feel and, and all that stuff. But there's a whole other side to our faith that is an intellectual side. And don't sell kids short. Like our children are smart and they, they understand things and we can talk to them on a higher wavelength than we think we can and teach them the understandings and the intellectual side of our faith. And that what, what's most important is that we know it first. You know, like when, a, when a, one of our children comes to us and asks, what, what, how is there three gods in one? You know, we have to be able to answer that. What What is the Eucharist? Why do we have to go to Mass every Sunday? We have to have those answers. But I think sometimes we sell our children short that, oh, they're not quite ready for that intellectual side. No, they are. 
they are, and even if they don't quite understand it, our ability to explain it and them to take it in and start pondering it, that's going to make a difference. Some great advice. If you'd like Kramer's book, KramerSoderberg.com. Hey, Bishop Paprocki even endorsed your book. That's Bishop Paprocki yeah. endorsed my book. That, that's the best endorsement I could ever got, Bishop Paprocki's endorsement. So. Well, again, fill your cup for Christ, KramerSoderberg.com. Coach Kramer, thank you for your passion, your love for our faith, and thanks for coming here on Dive Deep. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Absolutely. This has been Dive Deep. If you like more podcasts, head over to dio.org slash podcast. And until next time, we'll see you right here on Dive Deep.